0: the chorus of the song that says that days are filled with sorrow and care. Well, they are, aren't they? Hearts are lonely and drear. But thank God that burdens are lifted at Calvary. Why? Because Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Troubled soul the Saviour can see. Every heartache and tear, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. I didn't know Tim was going to play that, but it's a very applicable this morning. You didn't either know. No. Very applicable. I, I trust I remember it at the end there. As I was preparing for this morning. I was thinking, as I was preparing from the chapter that I'm going to turn to, and looking at this chapter, and then I looked at some other chapters, and this week, as I've been going to visit um, John in the hospital, and been asking him of a portion of scripture that he'd like to read, rather than me just perhaps turning to something, which I've been doing as well, and he would mention a certain chapter, which I'll mention in a moment, which made me just stop to think about many of what we would call the, and understand me when I say this, the best chapters, because all of God's word is good, but some of those chapters that perhaps we refer to or go to so often seem to be the lengthy chapters. So for example, Psalm 119 an amazing chapter in the word of god that is all about the word of god and it's a long one because it's the longest chapter in the bible and the one that john keeps referring to and he calls it his uh, his favorite book and his favorite chapter in that book is romans chapter eight and again it's a long chapter shall we would say don't read it all just read a few verses and as you read that chapter there are many things in there that would bless us. Even now, if I asked the question, Romans 8, what would come to your mind? All things work together for good. And there are other verses. of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He shall quicken your mortal bodies. And then, there's my favourite chapter out of the whole of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's a lengthy chapter, but it is absolutely, to me anyway, it is full of the wonder of the resurrection. And then there is a chapter I want to turn today and I'll ask a question again. What is the theme in this book? And it's John chapter eleven. Again, the resurrection's in there again. It's the the account of where Jesus goes to raise Lazarus from the dead. But I'd love to read all of that chapter, but again, as I said, it's a lengthy chapter. So I'm just going to read some verses from that chapter. and Verses 1 to 4, first of all. Now a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill but when Jesus heard he said this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it then jump to chapter verse 17 and to uh, 27 now when Jesus came he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off And then verses thirty-four to thirty-six. And he said asked Jesus, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. And then 38 to 44. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. a stone lay against it and jesus said take away the stone martha the sister of the dead man said to him lord by this time there will be an odor or he will stink for he has been dead four days jesus said to her did i not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of god so they took away the stone and jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Why have I chosen to look at this chapter today? Whether well, those here this morning that have been here for the last couple of Fridays and will remember that Ian looked at the I Am statements of Jesus and I made the comment on that Friday and again on the Friday that's just gone as I was sharing God's word that if we could choose to any of the I am statements of Jesus to be our favourites then this would be mine where Jesus said that I am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die and then follow it up with the same question that Jesus asked do you believe this and I could spend this morning just preaching on that verse because, as I've said, it's my favourite of the I am statements. And 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter, is my favourite chapter. But even though this is my favourite I am, and the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15 is my favourite subject, I'm not going to actually be speaking on that this morning, although I will touch on it. Rather, as I turned to this chapter, and as I considered the content within this chapter, what struck me is it is one of those chapters that shows to us very clearly something concerning the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as you go through that chapter, you see undeniable evidence that he is God. And at the same time in going through that chapter, you see undenial, undeniable evidence that he was also a man. And we could consider other chapters that are similar to that in that they show the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and another example would be John chapter 1 where it starts off with verse 1 and says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And we know that John 1, referring to the Word, is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ as being with God and saying that He is God. So it talks about Jesus as God. But if you go further into that chapter and you come to verse 14, it tells us that that the Word, so go back to verse 1, who was with God and who is God, it says the Word became flesh. In other words, he became a man and he dwelt among us. And John, writing the chapter, said, And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. So the Word, who was and is God, became a man. And then there's another scripture, another story that we know so very well. It's in Mark chapter 4. I'm not going to read the verses. But Mark chapter 4 and verses 35 to 41 and the heading in the English Standard Version simply says this, Jesus calms a storm. But when we come to the story and we read it, we discover in those few short verses that one moment we see the man Jesus. And the scripture is very clear, the man Jesus was tired, he'd had a busy day. And because of his tiredness, he had fallen fast asleep. And whichever translation you use, it doesn't matter, but some say on a pillow, but his head was on a cushion. That's the man, Jesus. Tired, weary, and fast asleep. But then, in a few moments, we find the storm has brewed up, and we see Jesus as God. the disciples rebuke him they come to him and they waking wake him up and we find that the man who was fast asleep and awoken from the sleep by the disciples he stands up and as god he just declares three simple words peace be still and immediately the wind ceased and there was a great calm so the man and God. We see it together in that short scripture. But I want us to understand this morning, and this is, in a sense is where this hymn we've just heard play comes into it a little bit. Jesus, who stood on the boat in the midst of that storm, he also stands amongst us as we gather in this place this morning. And I love the older hymn that says that Jesus is passing this way. He's passing this way today. And Jesus is passing this way today. And we're gathered here this morning and Jesus is amongst us. Isn't that wonderful? And the good news is this morning that Jesus is not fast asleep with his head on the pillow, but he's standing amongst us this morning with all his authority and with all of his power. And Jesus standing amongst us this morning is still able to speak peace. And if you have a storm that's taking place in your life this morning, if you're going through a storm this morning, allow Jesus who stands amongst us to speak into your life those three powerful words, peace, be still. And each one this morning, as I'm looking across from the right, my right to the left, as I look to you, allow Jesus through me speak into your hearts. Peace be still. Be calm this morning, because Jesus is the one who is amongst us. And going to John chapter 14, Jesus there, as the Prince of Peace, spoke to his disciples, and he said to them, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And we too need to come to that place when we're going through storms and we're going through difficult times to allow the words of Jesus to speak into our hearts. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And later in that same chapter, he turned to the disciples as he continued to share with them and said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus is amongst us to speak his peace into our hearts and into our lives. But as we get back to John chapter 11, we see the powerful evidence within this chapter of who Jesus was and still is as God and there are verses that I've read and I'll read a couple of them again for example verse 4 that says uh, this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of God so that the son of man may be glorified through it and 23 to 26 uh, again I'll read them. Jesus said to her your brother will rise again and then I am the resurrection and the life and verse 40 Um, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God and then the last part of verse 43 Lazarus come out now when we read those verses what we see there is that we see what words being spoken that only God himself could speak no mere mortal could speak those words knowing what was going to happen and speaking them with authority so we see Jesus there speaking as God. Imagine Jesus speaking, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus. It says it, cried out with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. Now I challenge every one of you, this week, go into a cemetery. Find a name on a gravestone and call that name and challenge them to come out. You fail. I would fail. But this is God at work such was the authority in the voice of Jesus speaking in that graveyard as God that he needed to name Lazarus imagine if he'd just spoken those words come out all of the graves would have opened such was the authority in the voice of Jesus so He had to be specific Lazarus come out but thank God that one day God himself is going to give out a shout an amazing shout And when God gives out that amazing shout, all the graves of those who have died in Christ will be raised. And that is exactly what Jesus said in verse 25. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. But for this moment, for the now, in John chapter 11, it was just Lazarus that he was going to call from the dead. But the sad thing is that poor poor old Lazarus, He would soon discover that he would have to face death again. I've died once. Jesus has just raised me from the dead. and We don't know how much longer he lived, but he would have to face the grave again. And Lazarus at this moment is still waiting, waiting like the rest of those who have already died in Christ. And as we will have to if we die in Christ for the future resurrection. When God calls all that are in Christ to bring them to himself. But as much as we rejoice in this chapter in seeing Jesus, who Jesus is as God and what he has done and what he is still able to do it was verse 35 that really caught my attention. And you shouldn't need to turn to it because it's the shortest verse in the whole of scripture and it doesn't record for us words that Jesus spoke it just records for us what the witnesses saw that Jesus actually did. And it's those two simple words and yet they're so powerful and they're so profound. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. If there's any verse in the Holy Scripture that shows something to us especially to me as I've seen it this week the humanity of Jesus it is this one verse. Jesus wept. Just stop and think about it for this moment. The one who stood up in the boat and calmed the storm is now standing in the graveyard and he's weeping. What a contrast! He's weeping. And even though Jesus knew what the end result was going to be in this story, Jesus still identified with those around him and, in particular, with Mary and Martha, the sisters of the dead and the buried Lazarus. And as God, Jesus was about to demonstrate his power. But as a man, he was demonstrating to them his ability to empathise and to sympathise with fellow men and women. And it reminds us of the verses in Hebrews 4, 14 to 15, that tells us, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. To me, to see the demonstration of his power over death in this chapter is incredible. But just as incredible is his identifying with this family and actually entering into their sorrow with them. Imagine what it must have been like for those that stood amongst what was going on and they literally. Visually saw Jesus uh, saw Lazarus coming forth from the grave bound in the grave clothes what a sight it must have been and then hearing Jesus speak those words loosen they should have been saying wow they should have been glorifying God but it actually tells us that uh, some went to stir up trouble with the Pharisees it just proves you can't please everyone even Jesus couldn't please everyone. He'd raised somebody from the dead and straight away there were those who were moaning and complaining about him. So that would have been amazing. But I think, going a little backward in small story, imagine what it must have been like to have stood amongst those who looked on and as they gazed upon Jesus they saw him weeping. Weeping. The tears streaming down his face. See we can learn an important lesson here, especially as men. But maybe some I kept what I said now, some hard women as well. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> That's like an admitted someone. No. You know what I mean? Because us men can be hard hearted sometimes. We should never be afraid to cry. Never be afraid to cry. We should never feel embarrassed to cry. We need to allow the emotions that God has inbuilt within us to do what he has purposed for those emotions to do. And crying, especially in a time of sorrow or in a time of great hurt, is a God inbuilt emotion that enables us to eventually be healed. But when we look at Jesus, the man, he is our example to follow. For we see in this chapter that it says that he loved Mary, he loved Martha, and he loved Lazarus. You see it in verse 3, verse 5 and verse 36 but I want to say this morning he didn't just love them as individuals who he had come to die for and to save because he know that he loves everyone in that way I believe as we look in this chapter we see that Jesus loved them as people he loved them as friends and you'll discover that he loved them enough to be there for them and we find in the past that he even loved them enough to have table time with them. He ate with them. He fellowshipped with them. And verses 33 and verse 38 also tells us that not only did Jesus love them, but it says that Jesus was deeply moved. So that which he expressed visually in his emotions, with his weeping and with his love for them, was the result of something that Jesus felt deep in his inner being. So much so that the scripture records for us that the spirit of Jesus was trouble. And I wonder, and this is a challenge to us all this morning, I wonder how often do we feel something deep within our being for one another as brothers and sisters of Christ? How often do we allow our spirit to be deeply troubled for one another and it will only happen if we truly love one another and care for one another in the same way that jesus did here and still does for each one of us that are gathered here there's a song that has the words oh how he loved you and me oh how he loved you and me he gave his life what more could he give Oh, how he loved me. Oh, how he loved you and me. Yes, Jesus did love us enough to give his life for us. But this morning, I want us to be reminded that he also loves us so much that he is deeply moved towards us when we face temptation. He's deeply moved towards us when we face trials. He's deeply moved towards us when we face sicknesses. He's with us. He's deeply moved towards us when we face difficult circumstances. And even when we come to the point of facing death, Jesus is moved towards us. And as he showed his love and as he showed his compassion and as he showed his concern to this family in Bethany and around the graveside, he does so today in your life and in mine. And so we so often emphasise, and rightly so, that Jesus was and is God. And we are glad, and this is the case. Otherwise, we would still be in our sins, because it was only God himself who could die for us and forgive us. But let's also keep reminding ourselves that Jesus was also a man And as a man this morning, he's not only just standing in the presence of God on our behalf, and his heart is towards us, and his love is towards us, and his compassion is towards us. And he's also right here this morning. At this very moment, he's in the midst to minister his grace into our lives today. And Jesus, who went to Martha and who went to Mount Mary, and who went to the graveyard, and who stood outside the tomb and wept, is here this morning to meet your need, to meet my need. Because as God, He can meet those needs, but as a man, He is full of mercy, He's full of compassion, and He's full of love towards us. And going back to that hymn that Tim played, yes. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. And something might be causing sorrow in your heart this morning. There may be something that is causing each day to be filled with loneliness and to feel drear for you. But Jesus is here. And he wants to pour his love into your heart. He wants to pour his compassion into your heart. He wants to minister to you. He wants you to be able to go from this place. Just as Lazarus was loosed. From those things that are binding you. That you can go out knowing that you have met with Jesus. And so before we come to sing our closing song. I just want us to just stop and to pause in in the presence of God this morning. And if you know this morning that there is something that is causing you worry this morning, causing you care, causing you whatever it might be to feel down this morning, Jesus is here. He's willing and he's wanting to pour his love and his grace into your heart. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up so that you can go through this week knowing that Jesus really is very near. And so... Just with your heads back. And if there's somebody that wants prayer this morning, just stand where you are. And I'm just going to pray in a moment.